Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. Thank you to patrons including Michael Kepper, Philip D, Neil Fisher, Charlotte Stegall, KV, Mike Atkins, Atkins, Richard Bruce, Guy West McDonald, Ricky Wakefield, many more who are supporting us directly. You can join them and get access to a full-length ad-free show, listen to us live, get Extra Message, our weekly sister show that is exclusive for patrons, and a whole bunch more by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Thank you, however you support us. The owners of Virgin Media and O2 are in talks to create a new TV and mobile power player to challenge BT and Sky in the UK. And this is according to The Guardian this weekend. It said a deal between Virgin Media and O2 would bring together the mobile operator's 34 million customers, uh, which is the largest network in the UK, which I sometimes forget. But anyway, it will bring together O2's 34 million customers and Virgin's 5.3 million broadband and pay TV and mobile users together. So there'll be a bit of crossover there, but we're talking about a huge uh, tie-up if uh, if The Guardian is, is correct and this goes through. Now, if you'll remember, we actually talked about a potential takeover of O2 about five years ago when 3 wanted to snap it up, but it was blocked at the time by uh, the European Commission. Uh, I think it was on competition grounds. Hmm. Uh, but this this probably makes a lot more sense. And, and and right now, because we've got with the with the virus uh, causing hell for so many industries, one industry that it's not causing hell for are, are, is home broadband and TV services and things like that, because everyone needs them and is using them a hell of a lot more. So there's probably less risk in terms of like stability uh, for the companies to be thinking about doing something like this. And um, and there's talk also this weekend that lockdown measures for office workers could go um, could could basically go on for months in terms oh, yeah. of being told, hey, you should work from home rather than go back to central offices. So with all that said, there's, it's quite a, a a relatively let's say relatively stable period to be talking about something like this. Now, the last point I wanted to mention just before um, I let Ian get a word in edgeways is. That interestingly, Vodafone said late last year that it was going to take over from BT to be the backbone of Virgin Mobile next week. So if this merger goes ahead with O2, it wouldn't surprise me, I don't think it would surprise anyone, if uh, Virgin Mobile became sort of powered by O2, or if, or even maybe Virgin Mobile as a brand goes away entirely and it becomes an O2 thing. Um and I and obviously I can see Vodafone complaining, but in some of the commentary that I've seen in opinion pages today, when I was looking through this story, it seems like the consensus is that from a business perspective, it it seems to make quite a lot of sense, and from a competition perspective, it seems justifiable, and um and and having Virgin and O2 together could be quite a compelling offering. But but well, I, you, I know you have strong opinions on these sorts of subjects, Ian, and you're um you're arguably more informed about about the history of some of these companies than I am anyway so what's your take well i mean i uh, nothing nothing would make me happier than to see t- 
Telefonica gone really i don't think it's a particularly good company and i um <clears throat> i think i would i'd rather see someone else have o2 I, I feel like that is a network that is truly stagnated i i don't feel like it's particularly innovative i don't i don't feel like um it, it, it speaks particularly interestingly about you know modern advancements it doesn't it just it just feels like a nothing network really it doesn't have a particularly good brand anymore um it it it, it, it feels like it needs to be overhauled massively and of course Virgin Media would benefit from it because they have a mobile phone thing that's um, MVNO or whatever. <clears throat> uh, so it, it kind of makes sense for them to move all of that onto an owned network uh, and to, for it to be all part of one thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I think you'll remember this, but was, was there not talk of... So Virgin Media is what was NTL and is owned by a company in the US called Liberty Media. Yes. It has nothing to do with Branson other than uh, you know licensing the use of the Virgin brand. Now, That's right. my my understanding was that some time ago there were discussions with Liberty Media that they were going to take over something that they were they were going to take over Verge, uh, Vodafone, weren't they? And then they were going yep. to sell what was left of Vodafone, the the on demand video bit of Virgin Media, um, leaving them basically with a weird sort of company that I didn't understand at all. Uh, so I assume that that's all gone away now. Yes, it. You, you're right. It was. It wasn't last year, was it? It would have been 2018, I think. It was a while ago, yeah. And we did talk about it. It was. It was Vodafone wanting to buy the um, uh, Virgin Media, but it wasn't all of it. And I don't. It was Europe, wasn't it? It was yeah, like Germany. It was, and... it was certainly. It was definitely Germany and and probably Eastern Europe. I don't believe it was the UK. Um, it was it was some of the smaller the smaller ones. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that. Well, obviously it wasn't a viable idea. <clears throat> yeah, but um, it was. A, which, I mean, it was billions. It was probably about oh yeah, ten, twelve, fifty. In, it certainly in double digit billions for a deal like that. Um, but obviously didn't uh, didn't happen. Yeah, I, so I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't object to a deal like this because Virgin obviously does not own um, a, a proper telecom, you know, a proper mobile network. So it's not like. Um, three coming in and saying they want O2 because that would reduce the number of different companies running mobile networks in the UK. I, something like this feels like much less of a competition problem to me, um, and it and it gives it gives Virgin Media a, a, that true quad play or whatever they call it. You know, it would actually then legitimately be able to compete with Sky, um, and of course the the mobile operators are all you know flat flailing around as I as I am verbally flailing around trying to launch you know services that fill the need of video over over broadband and stuff like that because they all know they want to be these quad play deals um this would arguably give virgin the absolute best one because it has a very strong fiber network which could be better you know it could be more widespread um and it has you know a, a, a tv service which is you know probably arguably not quite as good as skies but certainly offers enough to keep most people interested so it could produce a very good company um but whether or not the regulator would allow such a thing is a is another thing entirely yes you're right and i think that the i, I don't want to use the word synergy which i know by saying that i've also been in i've also used well, yeah. it but but let's 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 just use it for what it is um the, the virgin media and o2 being together would create some very interesting marketing options as well because O2 does a lot with its sort of live music and video. Obviously, it brands the O2 um, arena. It does. 
and Virgin could potentially stream concerts in a post-COVID mm-hmm. world yeah. where we maybe want to enjoy things remotely. And you could see that being a, a compelling tie-up it, that maybe if you can't get tickets or you don't want to get tickets for a concert, maybe you can stream it in 4K exclusively on Virgin if you've got the Virgin TV box. Like, There's lots of things like that that I could see benefiting from these two companies partnering more so than... Uh, you know, if O2 wanted to buy three or if uh, it was a smaller network, like Virgin Media partnering with three. I mean, what does that what does that really give you? It doesn't it feel doesn't. right. No, but here's here's a question for you. <clears throat> I feel like at the moment, particularly the Virgin brand is not quite what it was. Um, do you think that a decision like this would lead to a, a mass rebranding of the whole thing to launch it as something I, I'm not saying they would go with O2 because that probably doesn't really make any sense. But um, do you think they would relaunch it as a new brand that would be all-encompassing and would be like a whole new product, if you will? Um, I think I don't think Virgin would change you because don't. I think the Virgin brand is too strong, mm. and I don't. But I but O2 has a history of changing its name. Well, it does. Um, it's been Cellnet. It's been BT it? something or other. It, something else. There's a. It, it's not clear cut exactly what it means. But then the O2 name is used for things like the arena and stuff. So I. I don't know. And I'm not. I'm. I'm certainly no marketing expert. So I wouldn't want to hypothesize too much. But no. But it's I, an interesting. I thing. I, yeah. I just wonder if I, I. I feel like if you're going to create a company that's, you know, one of the one of the biggest sort of of its kind you kind of want to do what EE ended up doing, don't you? And having a whole new brand where everything is brought together and it feels like a much more cohesive thing. Of course, EE's BT. So, you know, ultimately that's a nonsense because then they get bought by another company and it, it all, all starts over again. Yeah. Well, I've had terrible and- trouble with Virgin Media recently. Have you, have you, did you suffer from that massive outage the other night? The one that affected most of the country? Yes, it was absolutely yes. shocking. I did. I was on FaceTime with Brad at the time, and um, moments after we started, both of our networks cut out because we're both on Virgin. And yeah. I was uh, I was googling it over the four G, and uh, the Twitter was just on fire. It was just yes. thousands and thousands and thousands of posts. Everyone's like, "Oh God, Virgin's gone out for the entire network." <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, it was something central. It wasn't oh, it was. To do with, it, w- <clears throat> it wasn't to do with like. Uh, any endpoint stuff it, it was, was really weird it was it, yeah. the, the the router stayed connected to the network and i i was able to do a speed test at full speed down but mm. as soon as it tried to do the upload st- speed test it just fell over it couldn't it couldn't get any data out so i suspect that some router somewhere in the core network had toppled over and uh, and I, it took them a long time to find it and what annoys me is they never ever say what went wrong i would really appreciate them saying hey guys it was this bit of equipment it went wrong for this reason we've done this to stop it from happening again but they don't say that they're just like engineers have resolved the issue yeah that is interesting i was just looking up um if they'd said anything since but uh, apparently not certainly not that i can i can find anyway um, well, any thoughts you have on Virgin Media and O2 uh, teaming up, do, of course, let us know. Hello at UKTechShow.com. If you have any insight on why you may switch from BT and EE, let's say, to uh, to a combined entity, I'd uh, be very interested in hearing that.
Engadget wrote this week that the British Museum has made images of more than half of its collection, that's about four and a half million objects, available online, with almost two million images published through a Creative Commons 4 license. About 280,000 photos are being published for the first time as part of this new upload, which means you can zoom into them and pan around these images and things, so you can, for some of the ones that I've seen, you can get closer to an artifact than you can when it's behind glass Mm. in person. Um, Engadget wrote as well that the museum uh, already had quite a few items available, which included the Rosetta Stone, which I've seen in person. It's a it's a it's a lovely piece of rock to go and look at. Um, but now that's expanded uh, massively. And I was having a little browse around this because, again, as part of my um, efforts to do something a bit new while in this lockdown period, I used I've been using Google's Arts and Culture web app. I think I've been using because I didn't want to install the app. And you can explore some museums using the museum equivalent of Street View. And my favorite is the it's a small but interesting little room of Japanese history in the British Museum, uh, which I was wandering around the other night in bed and found very relaxing to just sort of be pottering around. But some of these new uh, items that have been uploaded, they're there in in massive detail. So things, there's one about death, like death through history. There's a huge collection of uh, Chinese artifacts from thousands of years ago. And the resolution is, is, is amazing. And it's all free. You can just go on and and browse these things and it's been a really it feel, to me it feels like a great use of bandwidth but also um it's a, a really a, uh, interesting way of spending a bit of time just mindlessly browsing through some of these artifacts and and learning a bit would you use something like this in or is this not up your street well i mean i haven't so that suggests that it isn't um, but i think it's an absolutely fantastic idea um i am i am captivated by very high resolution images no matter what they are so, it, you know, something that lets you really explore and, you know, photography these days, we can get such a lot of resolution out of images that you really can see things that you would never, ever be able to notice in person. Um, I, you know, and obviously I'm getting older. I, I now have to wear glasses a, a fair bit of the time to see stuff, uh, which I resent enormously. Um, so sitting at a computer with a nice big screen and, and being able to explore, you know, these wonderful historical artifacts would actually be extremely exciting i i I would definitely enjoy that i think um and depending on what it is i've I've occasionally enjoyed art uh on on in fact i think on google arts and culture or or similar Mm. because it is quite wonderful to see um for example you know very famous paintings that you you haven't yet had a chance to see in person uh and and to explore them and to sort of see the the cracks in the paint and you know, think about how long this thing has existed for and the skill involved in painting the Mona Lisa years ago when, you know, things were different. I've yeah. really tailed off there into uh, obscurity. But anyway, it is it That's is quite okay. wonderful. Permit me a transition then in that case. Will do. I, 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 <laughs> um, there's, uh, I, I like the Museum of London quite a lot. It's because there's so much in, uh, incredible history in London because of how long it's obviously been a place. And um, and the Museum of London has some archived stuff online, but the resolution of the images is never is, is never really mm. it's never that high. And it's not it's it doesn't it never feels like a particularly compelling experience. It sort of feels a bit like browsing Google images and just searching through the results. But I like what the British Museum has done because it feels a bit more interactive. It feels like a destination as opposed to just a, a thing that you're 
passing through mindlessly so mm. i would encourage anyone who is interested in in history to go and have a look it's um it's good and from what i can tell it's available to anyone in the world it's not just for people who are in the uk uh, but um but the the google arts and culture service does seem pretty comprehensive there's some great museums um the science museum is on there as well london science museum there's obviously a lot of museums in New York. Korea, there's a big collection of Korea stuff uh, from one of the Korean universities. So there's, um, yeah, it's well worth, it's well worth. The Science Museum with. one has the potential to be really good. Um, I, I think the more, the more of things the, like these happen, you know, the, the idea of the Science Museum would be very, very well suited to a VR experience um, to, you know, different things like, you know, being able to do things related to what you've seen perhaps on your phone. You know, that could be, <clears throat> you know i don't know do some coding or something like that you know the the idea of having a museum you know online or on on a mobile device is is quite good if you could then take that further and make it more than just a museum experience but you can literally do that now like on <clears throat> with with the um with the google app um you can go into a museum and just navigate your way through a museum as if it was Google Street View. That's yeah, what I was and, doing in the British Museum. Well, and then that's fine. But I, I feel like if you're going to... That, that will work for some people if they're particularly interested in a subject or whatever. But I kind of feel like it would be it would be an opportunity to expand that. And I would love to see stuff like that in actual VR if it isn't already. Um, and I've, obviously, I don't have a VR headset. Although that's another thing I've considered buying um, post-lockdown because... Well, why not? It sounds like mm. a really nice way to spend some time. Yeah, well, I mean, I would I would recommend buying it before you leave <laughs> lockdown because once you can leave lockdown, surely the benefit is to go and experience the actual real world. No, I'm never leaving the house again. And this is me Fair. now. I'm enjoying it. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> the, really. the other thing I would point out is in the, uh, the Science Museum, the London Science Museum, on the Google app, you can uh, browse some interactive... Uh, kind of, I'm not gonna say tours. They're not really tours. They're kind of like just nicely presented images and, and text, but of the some of the uh, missions to the moon and stuff to do with cosmonauts and the space race and the some of the original computers and the Enigma machine and stuff like that. So some it's it's really opened my eyes to what museums are doing online. Just knowing that the British Museum has published all this stuff online itself so uh, i'll include links to all of this stuff in the show notes at uktechshow.com and in the mp3 description for this episode as well so have a check out of that and let me know anything that you find interesting that we should be looking at hello at uktechshow.com Ian, I wanted to talk a little bit about webcams or oh, okay. webkai, as a, I know like to they're absolutely them. definitely not called that. Over the last few weeks, I've been experimenting a little bit with what the best setup is for the various uh, uses that I have for webcams. Because doing so many Zoom meetings, um, I just I wasn't convinced that the built-in little webcams was the best thing to be using and then i thought well if i'm upgrading my webcam for meetings why not upgrade the webcam and start streaming the podcast live to patrons and in the discord when we start doing the show 
So I started looking into that and then I had to think about lighting because I designed this home studio that I work and record in uh, for sound, which means that it's not visually super appealing mm, and it's yeah. and it's quite it's quite dark. So I thought, well, I then I have to consider lighting. And then I started considering, well, maybe I should just buy a camera and connect my cameras in an actual DSLR camera up and, and use that because that's how Andy films his um, his YouTube videos. And then I thought, but I already have a camera. So over the last few weeks, I've been experimenting, and I wanted to I wanted to talk you through Excellent. some of the um, some of the things that I've learnt and the products I've tried out and what I've settled on. So let's let's start with the basics because most people who have a laptop or a modern all-in-one desktop will have a built-in webcam. The one on my iMac is perfectly fine. I think it's 720p. If you're in a well-lit room and you're staring into it, it's fine. Let's let's not beat around the bush. For most people, that is probably fine. But you don't have to pay very much at all to get an improved webcam experience. And I toyed with a couple that I, I was looking at. I looked at uh, uh, two initially. There was um, a Logitech one mm-hmm. that was about 80 quid. It's quite popular. And we talked about it briefly at the time when we talked about how webcams were just impossible to buy. Yeah. This is when I was starting to look at this. Um, and the other one that I was looking at was a Razer, Kyo. Oh, uh, right. Kyo. It might be Kyo. It's K-I-Y-O. Um, and, and that was an interesting one because it comes with a ring light around the lens. Ah, so it's yes. very popular with streamers, but doesn't work seemed exactly. Um, so I got one of the, I got one of the, the Kios sent in, uh, from Razer, one of the PRs. So I didn't, I didn't buy it just to caveat that I've, I've, I've loaned it, uh, to trial it. And, um, and it is very Good, I have to say in general, uh, and it is a massive, massive, massive step up from the built-in webcam. But I think the reason I like it so much is that it it has the built-in ring light, but you don't have to manually control the light. So if you have it plugged into Windows, and I have Windows running in parallels on my Mac, so the Kyo is, is connected into the Windows partition, so I use it for my meetings. Whenever the camera activates for a conference for example the light comes on and when you close it then the light goes off and it's a very 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 convenient uh, it's a very convenient product and when i send this back and um the lockdown uh, supply chain eases up i will be i'll be buying one because i think they're about 90 quid maybe 100 quid and it totally upgraded my my calls to the point you could probably you could probably stream anything you wanted and be perfectly content with it. But because of the limitation, it only being officially supported on Windows um, means that for a Mac user like me, it was never going to be the perfect solution because I only use Windows for work. And so, so what? That, you know, that's not gonna that's not gonna do it for me. So, I can't recommend it at all for Mac users. But for Windows users, it does seem. To, uh, it would they, warrant probably a, a good 8 out of 10 uh, for me. Didn't they come up with a driver, for crying out loud? Well, some apps do seem to natively support it. Uh, Discord is one of those. Skype seems to support it natively, but does it doesn't show to, up. Doesn't allow you to use yeah. the ring light? Um, no, it, it does. It does oh, allow okay. you to use the ring light. Yeah. So, so it, there are there are some workarounds for specific apps, but it's not it's not something that I can recommend to Mac users because it's just not 
it's it's not designed for it the driver support as you say isn't isn't there but for windows users um it's uh, it's great particularly i think for anyone who's streaming their their face on a fairly regular basis it's a, it's a it's a good upgrade um so the other thing that i was thinking is buying um a dslr specifically for for this but um two things one i already have a really good dslr because my main camera is a sony alpha uh it's an a7r2 and it is a wonderful wonderful dslr that i've had for about three years and love to pieces the problem though it turns out and i didn't realize this is that it's not actually that easy to just plug a dslr into a computer and have it work as a webcam they're not designed for it at all so what i had to do is buy a hardware encoder box and i bought two um, because i couldn't figure out which one to buy um the first one I bought was a Blackmagic Intensity Shuttle, which is very good because it allows you to plug in the HDMI out, which a mini HDMI is on the Sony, and just plug an HDMI cable into the box, and then you can capture your software, uh, your video within software on uh, on the Mac or on PC. It works for both. But it turns out that that box doesn't support the UVC like webcam setup so you can't actually use it by default as a webcam which is a right. partly a mistake on my part for not realizing that that was even a thing i had to consider which is why i'm talking about it now um but it also meant that um it's slightly more flexible in the in the sources that it will capture so you can plug composite in you can plug um components we can video still do into that it. as a webcam though like it's just it's just how they handle that bit of it like well, you can plug all these ones in simultaneously, and you can output to the same the same product as well. So it's a, it's an interface. It's not just like a you know, it's not a dumb a dumb port for plugging an HDMI no, cable no, into. No, no, but that, but that you know, like why why wouldn't they allow you to use the USB connectivity to uh, as a webcam? Because they do have a product that does that. They do, um, and I was looking at that, but they were really, really hard to get hold yes. of because uh, because of the supply chain. So what I uh, then bought was it's by a, pro- a company called StarTech, which I'd never really heard of yeah, as a quite well known brand. The- yeah, it turns out they are. I just never really bought anything from them, and I bought a HDMI capture box that is it's basically a dumb box. It's got an HDMI in and it's got a USB three out and you plug in any hdmi source and what the computer sees is a webcam which means any software and video capturing tool that you have at your disposal um it will show up in and you can capture directly into it which means you can use it for discord it means you can use it for skype it means you can capture into um quick time final for final cut use you can it also shows up in my windows partition for for my meeting so i've got all that all that plugged in and that's been great and but that again cost about 180 quid but it was a hell of a lot cheaper than buying a brand new camera that had some kind of webcam interface built in and it was not really that much more expensive than buying a really good dedicated logitech type webcam that was going to sit on top so it allowed me to use that slr with all the lenses and the picture quality is amazing and i've used it for broadcast you know it's what i've used when i've been doing tv hits for bloomberg i've been using that lighting was a problem so i also had to buy a it was a a newer or newer Uh, and i'm very um, familiar yes 14 inch ring light which has a camera mount built into it so you can mount the camera 
within the ring light itself so it look when you're staring at it it looks like the ring light is on the it just going around the edge of the lens um and obviously i've got my existing sennheiser microphone linked up um and so that's the extreme end of the setup which is basically the microphone plugged into the mixing desk as i use for recording this show and i'm using now with a dslr plugged into a hardware encoder box with a ring light setup um to light my face and that's why the kayo was such an interesting and fun compromise because in one package you sort of get all the sort of macro benefits of having a decent camera with autofocus and a light setup um built into one unit but it is also possible to split out those um those individual features and use something like an slr and a standalone light and have a an amazing home video setup that you can also use as a webcam it just means buying some hardware and being aware of what those hardware restrictions are and not doing what i did and buy the wrong one um and then have to buy another one so if anyone <laughs> wants to buy a black magic uh, intensity shuttle do let me know it's been used once ever um can't you return it no not easily because okay. i didn't buy it from amazon unfortunately ah. and it's not it's not faulty it works fine it's just it doesn't do what i wanted it to do and that i yeah. thought it did do well fair enough i mean uh, you will find that useful though won't you because can you not use that for capturing analog sources and stuff Oh, absolutely. And that's so, why I'm not in a, really in a hurry to sell it because yeah. I, I bought that particular model knowing that I can also plug in a VHS into it. I can plug old camcorders in to it. So it, it probably won't get wasted at all. It's just a bit annoying that I didn't need to buy it when I did buy it and had to buy something else. No. And you uh, could in, and you could have found a solution to do analog capture into HDMI and then brought it in using whatever solution you found. But yeah, you know, this stuff happens. Yeah, um, but I, I just thought it might be worth explaining some of that because it's been a bit of experimentation on my part for the last few weeks to figure out, okay, well, if I want to upgrade my webcam op- uh, setup, what are my options? Obviously, there is just buying a standard webcam and plugging it in. Um, but depending on the environment you're in, the lighting might not be great or the sound might not be great. And so I thought, well, experimenting with something like the Kayo where it's got a light built in, but it's held back by the fact that it's Windows only or using the individual setup, which means with the DSLR, it means you're getting more use out of a really amazing camera that you might already own. And then you just need to buy a few extra bits and pieces in order to hook it up. But then you get this amazing professional setup. Um, it, I just didn't realize how wide my selection of options were for upgrading my home video experience and uh, it's been it's been a fun little experiment and one that maybe some other people can take advantage of yes. what do you use ian because you're a video guy well i am a video guy and at the moment i don't use anything i mean i have got capture cards so it is possible for me to set something up um i've got my old panasonic camcorder thing that <clears throat> um it's probably not quite good enough quality. It's it's certainly better than a webcam, and you can put micro four thirds lenses on it, so it's quite flexible, including autofocus. Although um, quite rudimentary autofocus, it has to be said. Um, and I also have a, a Nikon SLR that I could use, um, which I believe also yeah, which does do clean HDMI out, so you can get quite a nice result from that. Um, so it's definitely possible for me to do things. Um, what I feel like I want, and I, we've talked about this before, I, I, I do want that A10 Mini because, you know, you can plug HDMI things into it. It shows up like a USB webcam um, and it enables you to do all of the things you said as well as switch between them. So you could have um, like your iPad plugged into it over HDMI and use that for sort of playing out clips or something like that. 
um and you know and, and have cameras connected to it and of course you know a normal pc or whatever you whatever you wanted uh so those are quite good i think they're very popular with streamers they are um, this is the black magic yeah yeah there, there's two versions of it now they launched the a10 mini which is pretty good i think it's around 300 i think i want to say 399 but it's very difficult to tell because the, as soon as the you know the situation emerged as we're in now it um all the prices just went mental like either it wasn't in stock and you could pre-order it and it was a sensible price or it was in stock and you had to pay like 600 quid for it and it just didn't seem worth it um but there's also a pro version of it now which has a few extra features i think um which which would be good the only problem i could see when it when i looked at it was that um when you plug something into hdmi obviously there is a slight delay if you're taking the audio from a separate source and running it through your computer, say, and feeding it out, mm. it will not be in sync. Um, and that is a slight issue. Um, I don't, I haven't, because I haven't got the equipment, I can't test it to see how, how well it would work. There probably are options in terms of, you know, plugging PC output into camera input or something like that to make it work. Um, the A10 Mini has only got two small um, headphone style jacks for inputs. Um, so that's a that's a bit of an issue, but I imagine that those are delayed along with the video. I, I don't know that it seems like that would be a thing. So that there would must be some kind of synchronization um, possible, uh, but it didn't look quite good enough for you know, high quality. I mean, it, it would be, it would be fine. It would sound fine, but it felt like a bit a bit fiddly given you know all of the other bits of equipment that I'm using. So I remain very interested by it, and I you know I. If I could talk myself into becoming some kind of streamer, which I don't feel like I particularly am, then maybe I would invest some money in it and do it. But at the moment, it feels like I wouldn't have a lot of uses for it, and uh, therefore it would just be a, a toy, and I wouldn't get a huge amount of use out of it. Says the person who wants to buy a 3D printer to print out screws. I mean, yeah, but I'm not saying I wouldn't have fun with it. I'm just oh, saying I'm, well. I'm dubious that the... Uh, the, the benefits of it would be worth the investment of money. That's all. Well, Nick in the chat room says that um, uh, an alternative to the Kyo on the Mac is Logitech C930, which was the one I was um, I was initially looking at. And um, Brian has said that a good way of upgrading the video quality on an iPad is to plug an external microphone into the ipad itself which is definitely something you can do john oh, yeah. said he's got the blue snowball which is a great very very popular mi- uh, microphone for streamers you'll recognize it in a lot of videos as well and yes because the the cameras on the ipads are, are very very good but the sound isn't always isn't always the best you can just plug an external microphone in and that works very nicely as well so lots and lots of options but if you've got another option or a favorite product do let us know it's been a while since we've had a real nerd out about hardware but we uh, welcome your recommendations that we'll pass on to other people hello at uktechshow.com you're used to hearing the smooth velvet sound of nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an ian morris opinion supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash uk tech enjoy second helpings every week So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. 
Let's check in with Tom Merritt from Daily Tech News Show and hear what's been going on this week in his wider world of global tech. This week on Daily Tech News Show, doctors and nurses feel pressure to be social media experts. We look at why the UK and France prefer centralized contact tracing apps over decentralized. The autonomous car developments have changed without the ability to drive the cars around. Whether the fight between Universal Studios and AMC Theatres will change the stuff we can stream. And then Robert Heron recommends home theater speakers, so whatever you stream will sound better. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom. Keeping it real, as always. Keeping it real. Keeping it... uh, What else do people say when they say keeping it real? Keeping it fresh? Um, Well, anyway, it's been uh, much fun this week. Thank you for um, for listening to us uh, once again. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to us live in our Discord. Brian is here. Charlotte's here. John's here. Nick's here. Um, it's, uh, It's good to have you guys here, so thank you for joining us. And I suppose stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back with you in another week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.